You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly interviews on topics to help entrepreneurs make their first or next step in business the right one. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Do you consider yourself to be an entrepreneur with killer instinct and mental toughness? Most of us would not use these words to describe ourselves, but today's guest says that these two elements accompanied with a compelling why is what it takes to develop an intentional mindset that leads us to success in life and business. In this episode, I'm talking with Dave Anderson. Dave is the CEO of Learn to Lead and the author of 15 books. Today, we'll be talking through Dave's book titled Intentional Mindset. In this episode, Dave explains how we can begin to improve ourselves and drive results both in life and in business. For links to resources that will be mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 142. And now let's not wait any longer. Here's my conversation with Dave Anderson. Dave, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. It is great to be with you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I want to mention this to the listeners here. We may never bring on a guest with a better podcasting voice than Dave Anderson. So I feel like you've got, you've got the voice for this. <laughs> well, thank you. People tell me I have, a, I have a voice and a face for radio and podcasts, not for television. <laughs> so we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, I first heard somebody say that to me. It was just uh, a few months ago when I was on their podcast. And I paused for a minute because I'd never heard that before and then just died laughing. It took me, they probably had to edit it out. It took me a full like 30 seconds to get my composure back because I'm like, a face for radio. I'm like, oh, I get it. You can't see my face. But anyway, um, but yeah, you've got the voice. You've got a good face too. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, funny okay. side note on that. Actually, my, my wife, uh, has told me on numerous occasions now that I've turned into a dork because I meet people and I'm like, wow, you've got a great voice for podcasting. Or have you ever considered being on a podcast? Like just based off of somebody's voice or I totally geek out about it. And she's like, man, you've turned into a real dork with this stuff. But well, when you get into it, you just notice those things. It's just yeah. part of what you do and appreciate or also notice when it's not so great as well. Absolutely. And to have a good podcasting voice or radio voice is a blessing from God. It's nothing that we can do to, to really earn that. I guess we can hone it a little bit, but it, it's, it's a blessing to be here. So um, anyway, Dave, I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about your book today and some parts from it. Uh, and I just finished reading it. It's called Intentional Mindset. And really, I'm still processing this thing. I mean, I, my head was spinning the whole time. I just kept on trying to read it. And I kept on having to stop, which is what I think most authors want is they want people to stop and have to think about it, take some notes and things like that. And uh, I was so compelled by it, actually, immediately, as soon as I finished the book, I enrolled in your Insider Club course, because uh, I want to continue learning. I want to be able to really understand this topic of an intentional mindset. So thank you so much for putting this together. I think it's really going to change a lot of lives. I appreciate that. You know, we've had that feedback where people, rather than, it's not a book you really rush through, you know, it's not a book you just go through. It's really a book you try to get from and and digest and, and take good notes and prioritize. So uh, it delights me to hear you say that. Oh, I'm glad. So today, again, I want to respect your time and the listener's time as well. So I'm going to jump straight in the topic because I have a lot of things I want to cover on this. But sure. first off, I think the best place to start would just be getting a definition from you of what it means to have an intentional mindset. Yeah, you know, intentional means on purpose. And, at a, you know, mindset is simply the established attitudes held by somebody. And so it's just getting more intentional, building the right attitudes into our life. A lot of people are not very intentional with their mindset. They leave it up for grabs too much media, too much negativity, too many of the wrong people. And if you're not intentional with it, it's not going to be what you want. Just like a body, you want to get your body in shape. You just can't be haphazard. There's an intentional process you have to follow. So it's all about just actually becoming more on purpose and building and protecting the right mindset, because that's going to activate your skills, your knowledge, your talent, your experience. 
you talk about the right places to start doing this is through having a killer instinct and developing mental toughness. These two things I'd like to really talk about these characteristics a little bit, starting with this idea of killer instinct, which has a bit of a negative connotation in the world today, right? But what do you mean it by does. killer instinct? It does. And I, I actually go into that a little bit in the book. First of all, a lot of people use those terms interchangeably. They, I hear it in sports. I hear it with business. And, and they're two separate things, as I point out in the book. And some people have one, but not the other. Killer instinct is about drive on steroids. All right. So you can have drive or you can really have killer instinct, which is just a higher level of drive. It's attacking a goal. It's a, it's attacking objectives, big objectives, things that that really get you out of your comfort zone. And in the book, I talk about the number one thing we should be attacking is who we were yesterday. All right. Continuing to get better than we were, because that's what we can control. I talk about it's us against us, that, that we're, we're our number one competitor. And when you keep working at becoming your best, and a lot of people aren't focused on that. You know, they're already better than other people or they're already getting by. So some of that killer instinct to really grow and change and risk, it, it kind of gets diminished. But if you're not growing, you're going to be limited as to what goals you can really go after. So we talk about really how to, how to develop that, getting reasons in your life, getting that why that I talk about getting really clear about what you want, who you want to become, what you want to have, where you want to go, how you want to go there, who do you want to help. And when those reasons are really burning within you, you're a lot more likely to attack goals, to really try to get better today. And and the, the problem is killer instinct can come and go. Sometimes there's a point in your life where you really have it, but then you get prosperous and prosperity can drain urgency. You know, prosperity can turn you into a, you know, been there, done that type of know-it-all. And so right. uh, killer instinct gets you started. Mental toughness gets you finished. So mental toughness is just, hey, after I've got the goal, because a lot of people start stuff, Alex, they're going to start a new course, go to the gym, start a new diet, learn a new foreign language, start a new job, start a new business, right? And when it gets tough, when it takes a while to get success, when it gets frustrating, when they're disappointments, they fizzle. So you need mental toughness to fight through that stuff and really get to the end of that goal. So it's a one-two punch. You know, something that I'm thinking about when you said, when you're talking about all this, the, these two characteristics of killer instinct and also uh, just really developing this mental toughness. I think back to the 2016 Summer Olympics. It was actually one of the swims. It was Michael Phelps. And I cannot remember the Australian guy's name right now, but the whole time the locker room kept on showing him. I mean, he was eyeing Michael Phelps the whole time in the pool. There's actually this now iconic picture of Michael Phelps looking at the prize, looking at his own time of what he had to do. And then it showed the Australian uh, swimmer who was actually just looking at Michael Phelps while he was swimming. And I think that that is a perfect picture of the difference, right? Michael Phelps was going for beating himself. And the Australian swimmer was actually looking at Michael Phelps saying, I've got to beat this guy instead of myself. And I think that their times, those weren't their best times and they weren't Olympic records. I think that actually, if he would have just focused on being better than he had ever been before, he probably would have been able to beat Michael Phelps because he was a very powerful swimmer. But that's the, the thing I actually thought about when you were just sharing that. That's an outstanding example. You know, you can be better than someone else and still be worse than you used to be. And, and it's really a hollow victory, you know, to say, okay, I'm number one. Yeah, but you're number one because they're worse than you, not because you're better than you once were. And you can get really complacent and you can be very successful, but you never really reach your potential. And so you need that killer instinct, you know, to continue to attack. And, but it's not a gift. It's not in a gene. It's not something that comes to you in a dream run one night. You've really got to get clear, as I said a moment ago, 
about what it is you want. What is your why? Why do you get up in the morning? Why should anybody else even care that you get up in the morning? And is that a narrow enough focus to really help you make good decisions today? This is going to move me towards that. This is going to make it harder to get there and to stay on that right track and fight your way to that goal. And, uh, you know, on, on the other hand, a lot of people have mental toughness, but no killer instinct. You can't get them started. <laughs> okay. You can't, you got to set the chair on fire to get them out of it. But right. once they're on something, I mean, they latch on like a starving dog on a pork chop bone. I mean, they are on it, but it's just getting them going. So they're not either or propositions. We need both. And if we're intentional, we can continue to develop greater levels of both in our life. And that's really what the book talks about. 10 traits that'll help you do that. Yeah, and I want to get in a minute into those 10 traits. But before I do that, you've, you've mentioned your why a couple of times already. And I think that's obviously very important. And if we really want to have both killer instinct and this mental toughness, we have to have a really strong why behind what we're doing. Would you agree with what I'm saying there? And, and if so, how do we actually begin to develop that? Without a doubt, if you don't have reasons worth fighting for that are really clear and really compelling, you're going to quit a lot. You're going to let up a lot. When it gets tough, you don't have something that you want so bad that it's just burning with inside you. You're going to go on to something else. And so, you know, the why is not a new term. It's not a new concept. I mean, Viktor Frankl first wrote about it. I first read about the why in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that he wrote after World War II. He was interned in a Nazi concentration camp. And then Simon Sinek made it very famous with his book and his works. But it's all about your personal reasons, your your goals. It answers those two questions I mentioned a moment ago. Why do you get up in the morning and why should anybody else care? In, either words, in other words, what do you want for yourself and who's counting on you to come through? And I actually have a workbook. You may have seen it in the Insider Club. That's actually a free downloadable why workbook that you can go and you can download it and it will walk you through five key areas of your life to help you establish your why. And it just helps you maybe for the first time in your life, really get that resolutely clear. And that's where that killer instinct starts to burn inside you. And I have people say, well, what should my why be? I said, man, I can't answer that for you. There's not a right or a wrong why. There's your why, there's my why. And it's going to change throughout your life. You know, when we get more successful, we're scratching a lot of that stuff off the list. So if we're not careful, that why is getting smaller. And then we can start to plateau. So it's keeping it relevant, keeping it compelling, and keeping it about you. It doesn't have to be about anybody else, but this is my life. This is my race. This is how I want to run it. I'm going to link to that resource in the show notes. So thank you for, for that. And obviously with me, just I mentioned at the beginning, I'm going to be diving into that course I signed up today. So I'm going to be going through that and finding that for myself. Sure. How would you recommend somebody to remember their their why? Like, how do we make it sticky? Because I think a lot of people that I meet that are in the entrepreneurship space, they had a why when they started. Maybe they can recite a little bit of it. And I'm not necessarily looking for them to have like a mantra unless you are saying that's a good thing to have. But over time, they forget. They get into the work and they kind of forget why they're even doing it. I mean, is it something they should have written on the wall? Should they be reviewing it? I would just like some direction on this from you. Oh, absolutely. In the book, I talk about uh, having an intentional mindset routine in the morning. I review mine every morning. I have a I have quiet time that I set aside every morning. This is what being intentional is about. Just setting some time aside. I don't watch the news or anything that's going to mess up my mindset in the morning. And I sure don't listen to it on the way to work. I, I know people get so angry. Right. By the time they get to work, they're so angry they can't even function because they listen to the news. But I review my why in the morning. I fill out a gratitude journal. I read a number of devotionals that I have emailed to me. Uh, I read my personal affirmations and I outline my priorities for the day. 
and I clean my mindset up and I really get it laser focused every day. And I've been doing this over 30 years. So I continue to tweak things and add it just like a workout routine. You don't always do the same routine. You need to, you know, tweak it a little bit. And so, yeah, what you say is true. You've got to keep it in front of you. I review that every morning and and I I do my mindset routine. I don't need anybody to give me a pep talk that day. I'm not waiting around for someone to hang a carrot in front of me. What I need them to do is to get out of the way because I just got reminded about everything that I'm about and trying to accomplish and people I'm trying to help. And when you keep it at the forefront of your mind like that, that that's that's really an intentional discipline, but it'll it helps power you through those days where you might just go through the motions. Something you just mentioned that's actually one of my biggest takeaways from the book is this idea of the status quo or becoming comfortable. So I've developed some great routines and rituals in my life. But as time's gone on, they've gotten easier and easier. And they've become more habit than anything that's actually helpful. But I've never gone back and changed them. Because when I made them, I was really proud, like it was groundbreaking for me. But now I realize after reading the book, that they don't hold the same weight anymore. It's because they've become so easy. So something that you're talking about is to not allow yourself to become complacent. Like you have to continuously challenge the status quo. Am I right in saying that? Oh, you do. You know, in the book, I call it raising your basis. Your basis is a good routine, a successful routine that's helped get you to where you're at. It could be a workout routine, a a reading routine, a work routine, a number of routines. And it's worked for you, but it doesn't challenge you as much as it once did. And so you want to get to another level. And you don't, you don't grow in mental toughness or in confidence by doing what you've always done. You can maintain it. If you don't do it, you might lose some of your mental toughness or confidence, but you grow in mental toughness. You grow in confidence by doing things you haven't done before. I used to do X. Now I do Y. Hey, I feel pretty good about myself. Now I'm ready for Z. And so, yeah, you're always tweaking that routine. And building mental toughness is like building a muscle. You need resistance. You need repetition. You need to add weight occasionally. Now, not too much to where you can't lift the weight or you'll take a step back, but reasonable amounts amounts of weight, you know, incrementally over time, it's the same thing. It's really a good metaphor for building mental toughness and confidence if you think about lifting weights and and building muscles. Very, very appropriate. Yeah. And I I, I mean, me as someone who really enjoys the gym, I might not look like it all the time, but I I really do enjoy it. I love those, those metaphors, if you will. So going into the same question, diving a little bit deeper with it, when do you know that it's time to review or make a change? Because some of this happens almost subconsciously is maybe it should. So for me, like my morning routine is, is I've gotten really good at it. I'm very challenged by my evening routine, but my morning routine, I'm not so much challenged by anymore. But that's just happened over time. Is there a certain time I should set in like a calendar to know when it's time for a review? Or is it something that you just you realize that I really don't know how to, to necessarily organize that. I'm very type A, as you might be able to tell. Right. <laughs> I think it's different for a, a lot of people. And I think when it's when you start going through the motions, when it doesn't challenge you as much, when when you're just doing it to do it. And sometimes we just have to do things to do it, but we have to do it because it's important to do. But you kind of get this intuition that it's time. It's time. It's time to take it up a notch. You know, I'm getting I'm comfortable. I've mastered it or I'm close to mastering it. Let's take it up. And that's 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 the thing about Killer Instinct. You're not waiting for someone else to come and raise the bar for you. You're recognizing when it's time to do it for yourself. And you just kind of know, you just kind of sense it. There's not a set time. Everybody develops at different paces, but you just kind of feel it. I'm going through the motions. I've kind of mastered it, kind of been there, done that. Let's mess it up a little bit. 
Hey, Alex Sanfilippo here, and I want to take a quick moment to intentionally serve the world with you. Here's what I want you to do. Think of the one person you know who would most benefit from listening to this episode today. Now, I want you to send it to them, but also include an encouraging note explaining why you share this episode with them specifically. By doing this, you're helping me grow this podcast, and you're also adding value to the people you care about. With that said, thank you for your continued support. It means the world to me. And now, let's get back to today's episode. Throughout the book, you talk about 10 key success traits that are essential to building an intentional mindset. And I, I know we're not gonna be able to focus on all of them, but I'd love to just get an overview of the 10 of those if you don't mind, and they make an acronym. So I'd love to just hear that from you for the listeners. And obviously to dive into them, grab a copy of the book, but I'd love to just kind of get an overview and then we'll dive into a couple of them. Yeah, well, I call it the accredited course and and it represents an acronym that that stands for the 10 traits. And they're not in a particular order, but frankly, if I were going to put them in a sequence, I would probably put the A where I put it. The A is attitude. Okay, then and then the first C, you know, we're talking about competitiveness, but primarily competing against yourself. Attitude by the way is a choice. Okay, you can't choose what happens to you. You can choose how you respond to it. So that's a big part of your mindset. You're going to have to work on that so you have the right type of attitude. And then competitiveness and then character. You know, a lot of times people are, have a lot of talent, but they don't keep commitments. They don't accept responsibility. They're not very teachable. Uh, they spin things a little bit. So, you know, character is really what holds it all together. I mean, character protects talent. So we're going to spend some time on that. And then Rigor. Rigor is about having just a rock solid daily routine. I mean, I'm big about mastering your time. I'm getting older, right? So I'm really jealous about people that waste my time. It's like, if you're going to steal from me, take my money, but don't take my time. I get more money. I can't get more time. And so it's just having a really tight, effective daily routine built around the disciplines of priorities, structure, discipline, starting early in the day. You don't, you don't try to get disciplined at three in the afternoon. You want it as soon as you get out of bed. So rigor, we talk about that. And then we talk about effort, which is work ethic, which is very easy to confuse. People put in a lot of hours, but they're not really putting the right things in those hours. So just because you put in a lot of hours doesn't mean you have a great work ethic. It's like, how many of those hours are you really working? And how many of those hours are you working on the things that matter most? Are you just doing the easy stuff? Are you doing the tough stuff that really matters? And so we talk about effort and an appropriate effort, you know, and then we're going to talk about discipline, discipline. I mean, Discipline is self-control. Self-control is making yourself get out of bed in the morning. I told a group the other day at a Zoom meeting, I said, you know, I said, you know who hits the snooze button? Broke people hit the snooze button and they hit it multiple times. I said, oh, yeah. you know, you've got to have the discipline. You've got to win that first five minutes. I'm big on winning the first hour. I think if you win the first hour of the morning with good structure, good discipline, hitting priorities, you got a good chance to win the morning. You win the morning, you can win the day. But you better, you better win those first five minutes. That's the hardest time, especially when you're tired, you don't feel good. So it's just having the discipline. Okay, here's the process. I got to stick with it. And you know what? How I feel that day doesn't matter because if it's the right thing to do, I got to do it. I'm not going to let my feelings hijack my future. A lot of people have very fickle feelings today. And when things get tough, they don't have the discipline to do it anyway because it's not convenient. Right now, they want instant gratification. It feels good not to do it. Yeah, but doing it would get you better. So discipline is giving up what you want now which might be a little bit more sleep for what you want most, which might be to be get to an entirely different level. So we talk about discipline. 
And then we talk about uh, energy. You know, energy, energy, energy is different than drive. You know, we're going to talk about drive. It it, uh, it it is the other D, but drive gets you started. Energy gets you finished. A lot of people don't understand that when you look at the definition of energy, Alex, it talks about the strength and vitality necessary for sustained mental and physical activity. It's not just physical, it's mental energy, staying locked in, staying focused on what matters most, all right? Some people start really well, their energy wanes, physical and mentally throughout the day, or as the week goes on, or the month, or their life. So it's intentionally doing the things that bring more energy, you know, into your life. And then tenacity, all right, that's just sticking with it, fighting for what you want. We talk about we talk about uh, a, a lot about tenacity and then, of course, drive. You know, drive and, and, and killer instinct are different, but it really starts with drive. I mean, drive is a good thing. I mean, you want people with drive. And, and I had a sales organization ask me one time, they said, what's the difference between a salesperson with drive? They said, give me an example and a salesperson with killer instinct. And he used a sales example, but you can apply it to anything. I said, okay. I said, drive is a great place to start. Some people don't even have drive, all right? They, you got to hug them and burp them and nurse them just to get them moving in the morning. <laughs> right. right. So drive is a good place to start. And the salesperson with drive is going to come to work and that customer comes in, boy, they're going to they're gonna attack that opportunity. They're going to follow the process, have a great attitude. They're not going to take shortcuts. The customer doesn't buy. They're going to follow up. And, and they're going to stay in touch and build a relationship. That's a good driven salesperson. I said, the salesperson with killer instinct, when they stop to get gas in the morning on the way to work, they're prospecting to the guy that's in there taking the money. Okay, let them know where they work, what they do, who they are, giving them a card. They're not waiting for opportunities to come to them. They're attacking opportunities, a totally different level of of ambition, if you will, of drive. And so, you know, we talk about those traits and what I, I have a chapter on each one of them. And I, I left out uh, intelligence, by the way. Isn't that a funny one to leave out? What's that tell you about <laughs> me? I left out intelligence. A lot of people think intelligence is fixed. That's simply not true. If you look up the definition of intelligence, it's the ability to acquire and apply skills and knowledge. And I tell the people in my seminars, based on that definition, most people are only half intelligent. And I don't say that to be insulting, but they're professional seminar attendees and book readers, and they take all these notes and they remember this stuff and they can quote things and recall things. They just don't do much with it. And so you can become better at the acquiring, but really better at the application part. And so it's really spending time developing that intelligence trait. And then what I have at the end of the book is a, an optional course that you just signed up for. It's free where you actually spend a week on each one of those traits. It's a 70 day course and, and you grade yourself, you evaluate yourself in seven aspects of each one of those traits, seven aspects of attitude, seven aspects of competitiveness and so forth. And it's a really great look in the mirror. And, and you know, the, the, the vulnerabilities that are most dangerous to us are the ones we're unaware of. So mm -hmm. as you're really looking at yourself and you're making adjustments day in and day out, it's going to take what you learn in the book to an entirely different level. And I know people who have already been through that course uh, two times and they're getting ready to go through it a third time. That's so great. Yeah, I mean, I, I love these these 10 traits that we talked about here, and that's the accredited uh, acronym. And that's how you really start building a intentional mindset for yourself. So I want to dive into two of these a little bit more, Dave, if you're all right with that. Sure. Uh, first off, rigor. We talked about it just a little bit there. 
But I really want to talk more about that because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, this is something they struggle with, especially if they came from a corporate background. I was one of those. The first day I was on my own and there was no one going to get mad at me if I showed up late or I wasn't going to get written up or anything like that. Not that that was ever happening to me, but the day that stopped is the day I realized I needed more rigor. Can you talk more about this and having a daily regimen? Yeah, you know, and I think it goes right back to your why, Alex, because if you have some real clarity on where you want to go and you break it down to what you have to do to get there daily, it's a daily thing. You know, your your personal vision for your life is not a destination thing. It's a daily thing. So when you break it down to what you have to do daily, you, you don't have the option to waste time. You're immediately going to be able to schedule more priorities to have a greater idea of what you've got to do and a really good idea of what you can't afford to do. What I love about clarity is once you learn what you must say yes to, okay, these are the steps I take today that are gonna get me closer to that why. Once you learn what you must say yes to, it's a lot easier to know what to say no to. But some people don't know what to say no to because they've never gotten resolutely clear about what they must say yes to. So they're all over the place. They live their day a mile wide and an inch deep. All right, they're spread so thin. But rigor is about scheduling those priorities. It's about having structure, you know, from the moment you get out of bed and, and, and then even, even your grooming routine and developing discipline early in the day, having that mindset routine to where by the time you get to work, you're already in the zone and you've got stuff, you're ready to attack. I review my four biggest priorities. I call them the biggest four before I even leave the house. Now, they may change after I get to the office. But when I, get, when I get to work, I know exactly what to attack. And so that starts my day with rigor. And if I get off track, I know what to go back to. I have a place to go back to. If, if, if you don't have a place to go back to, when you get off track, you just, you're in orbit. And your mm -hmm. rigor is just trying not to drown. And so I believe as you get, again, it all goes back to the why. More clear about what you want and why you want it and why it's important. It's a lot easier to put more meaningful things in your day. You just give yourself fewer options. I don't have the option to do this. I can't binge on Netflix tonight because I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. So that's not an option for me. It might be for some people. My life is about getting getting more successful, making a bigger impact, not just being entertained every evening. And so once we have that clarity, putting rigor in our day really follows naturally. So with this idea of uh, we look at our why first, and then we're going to start developing some sort of daily habit we want to follow, or maybe even some goals for that day. Is it something that you're revisiting and writing every single morning? You're talking about that first hour of your day. Is that something you're actually writing down and saying, okay, here's my direction for today? Or is it more general than that? Well, I review my why every day. My why doesn't change every day, but my priorities do. Uh, sometimes they're the same a few days in a row, but you know, today we have this opportunity. Today I'm going to be with this person or that person or in this city. And so, you know, priorities are kind of fluid, but it's knowing what the heck they are. And I'm not talking about the 40 things. I, You and me, we, we may have 40 things we have to do today, but we're not going to do 40 things particularly well. All right. Now, right. I, what I want to know is out of the 40, what are the four that if I could only do four things today that were most predictive of taking me to my why, what would they be? That immediately narrows my focus and helps me helps me know what to prioritize, because I'll tell you, it's not the dumb things during the day that usually get in the way of the best things. It's the good and the bad. It's the good and the great things. The good and the great things take you away from the best things. You yeah. know, we have the sense not to do too much of the dumb stuff or too much of the bad stuff. At least most people do. If you do do it, you don't do it for too long. You get back on track. But it's that good and great stuff. It's like this would bring me a return. It's, yeah, but the best stuff isn't done yet. And you know what? The best stuff is often hard. 
it's often the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. So let me just hang around here with the good and the great stuff, and I'll still feel like I'm being productive. I'm not wasting the day, but I'm not maximizing it either. And until I'm doing those best things, but how how the heck can you do the bad the, the best things until you identify them? You can't hit targets. You don't know what they are. Yeah, I find that those best things that you're talking about, they're the things that drive the needle forward. So when you wake up in a year from now, you can see some true progress. And there's something that I've really held on to. I don't remember where I first heard it, but basically it's that we overestimate what we can do in a single day, but drastically underestimate what we can do in a year. And right. I think many of us, we get really attracted to those easy, good things to do so we can knock out 20 or 30 of them in a day, but they're not actually getting you any closer to where you want to be in a year from now. No, you're mistaking motion for progress. Mm. You, you know, you're going really fast, but you're confusing speed with direction. You know, you're 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 messing. Uh, you're looking at activity, and you realize, okay, but it's not necessarily accomplishment. And so, it really is having that type of a, of a discriminatory focus. You know, focus is defined as the ability to concentrate. And everybody concentrates on something. That's not the question. The question is what, for how long, and how much at one time. And so everybody thinks focus is a great trait. Focus can destroy you if you're focused on things you can't control, uh, things that aren't essential, uh, priorities that aren't going to take you to where you want to go. Some people have a lot of focus. It's on it's on very counterproductive stuff. Yeah, you know, this leads us right into this idea of discipline, which is the next point I want you to cover a little bit more, because I think that this it takes a level of self-discipline to focus on the thing that's the best thing to do that day, right? Or the main task that you have at hand. Can you talk a little bit more about discipline, how you've been able to develop this in your own walk? You know, you've got you've got to be able to hold yourself accountable. And it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable if there's stuff you want bad enough to where you will hold yourself accountable. If you kind of sort of want something you're not really going to be strict with yourself. I tell audiences all the time, quit lying to yourself. Quit being so easy on yourself. Quit telling yourself, well, that's the best I could do. Well, that was good enough. Well, it wasn't my fault. Because if you're having those conversations with yourself and they're not honest, you're just holding yourself back. And so it's being real with yourself and wanting something bad enough, to, again, to where you give yourself fewer options, but the options you give yourself are really good. But again, start early in the day. I work with some student athletes at major universities. I talked about one of the teams in the book, Intentional Mindset, and how we help them overcome adversity throughout a season and win a championship. I'm, I'm working with an athlete right now, and we were talking about he's got a lot of talent. He's very undisciplined. And he said, I don't have structure. I don't have discipline. I said, well, you need to start that early in the day. We started talking about, you know, getting that first five minutes mastered, getting out of bed, not hitting that snooze button, and then having the discipline to raise standards in all areas of your life. I said, you should have high standards in all areas of your life, because how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you have a messy closet, because most people don't see the closet, you don't have the discipline to keep that closet neat. You're training your conscience to, to accept less than your best in that area to excuse it, to compromise. Now, it may seem like a little thing because it's a messy closet. Who's going to see it? But you know it's there. The bigger point is you're not disciplined in that area. So that same compromising conscience is going to come over into essential areas and excuse you from not doing it as well. I asked him, I said, do you make your bed every morning? He said, well, no. I, I said, well, if I were coming over to visit you, would you make your bed in the morning? He said, absolutely. I said, why would you have higher standards for someone else than for yourself? And he sent me a picture of his made bed the next day. He said, this is who I want to be from here on out. It's like, if you start with that, if you start with that type of self-accountability, no one else will know 
in his room that he left his bed unmade, but he will. If he starts with that type of self-accountability, it's going to carry over into other areas. So discipline is about control. It's about standards. It's about not letting myself settle for less than my best in this area or that area, because that will carry over into the essential areas. I asked him, I said, do you rack your, do you rack your shopping cart when you grocery shop? Or do you, are you one of those morons that leaves it halfway over the curb? That right. No one can park in that space and it's going to, a wind's going to pick up. I said, I don't know a single successful person who leaves a shopping cart that way. I said, how you do anything is how you do everything. Develop the, dis- I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if it's a 30 yard walk. The right thing to do, the disciplined thing to do is to bring that cart back and rack it and you will feel better about yourself and that will carry into the next thing you do. So discipline's not a wand you wave, it's a mindset you develop. It's goals you want bad enough to where you have something worth controlling yourself over, being able to say no, being able to get out of that instant gratification and do what's right instead of what's easy. And that starts to pay off. And I think, you know, you discipline yourself a little in one area, it carries over to others. You let up in one area, it carries over to others. It's all coming from the same conscience. Yeah, that's so motivational and really just brilliant. I, I think back to a time I was, I don't even know who I was listening to. I don't know what the point this guy was sharing was, but I remember one line that he said, and he, this was when I was in my early 20s, and I did not make my bed every day at that point. But he said, he was just on stage, and he said, successful people make their beds every single day. And in that moment, I don't know what, it, it just, a shift happened in my mind. I started making my bed. And what do you know? I had more little wins along the way of discipline of saying, this is the person I want to become. So I've, I've seen that true simply from making my bed. And I've, it's funny, I've challenged other people with it. They've been like, who have come over and be like, wow, you make your bed? I'm like, every day, all successful people do. And they'll start texting me pictures of them making their bed and stuff That's like awesome. that. So that, that kind of moves right along. But uh, Dave, this has been so much fun. We barely even hit the tip of the iceberg with this. I mean, there are so many more nuggets and I mean, eight more main points in the book. So I'm going to encourage listeners to grab a copy of it because for me, it was just so helpful. But before we end our time together today, I've had a lot of fun, but I want to know if you have any final thoughts for the listeners today. You know, my, my final thoughts are simply this. Embrace discomfort. You do not grow when you're comfortable and you have the whole world avoiding discomfort. They just want to be comfortable. The only thing that grows in a comfort zone is your waistline and list of excuses for why you're not getting any better. And so get comfortable being uncomfortable. Raise your basis. Make that bed. Let the first, ta- this is another thing I have uh, the athletes particularly do, and I encourage business people to do, first 10 seconds of that shower, ice cold. You get you get uncomfortable first thing in the morning. It's like nothing's going to be worse than this. I'm ready for everything now. And then build it up. The Navy SEALs do that. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Make that part of your makeup, and you'll get to entirely different levels. Man, what a powerful way to end this episode. Dave, I learned a lot from you today and from your book. Thank you so much for your time and for being a guest. Thank you. You do an exceptional job, and I really enjoyed my time with you. It flew, didn't it, Alex? Sure did. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Dave may be the most quotable guest we've ever had on the show. He shared so much wisdom and powerful concepts during this time we had together. It's actually hard to digest it all in a single sitting, so I actually encourage you to go back and listen to this episode a second time through. Also, consider joining me as I'm taking advantage of a 70-day accredited course that he offers. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. I'm personally serious about developing this intentional mindset that Dave talked about through this episode, and I encourage you to begin pursuing the same. Dave, thank you again for being a guest and sharing your wisdom and experience with us today. For links to Dave Anderson's book, Intentional Mindset, and to his free 70-day course, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 142. Thank you as always for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week.